0: To another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. How are y'all doing? I am, of course, your host, Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and all that good jazz. Why did I say Twitter? I haven't said that in forever. It's also not Twitter anymore. It's X. But You can find me pretty much everywhere. At PX Sausage. of course, of course, of course. And if you enjoy... This is your show and stuff I do. You can support me over at PX Sausage. You know what? Me doing the plugs at the beginning, I don't like it. Nobody likes it. But if you do like me, and you would like to support me, one away, one Patreon away, from a completely meaningless goal, but if you'd like to get me to that goal, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs. And of course, links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, so much more. EXSausage.com, that'll get you all that jazz. Anyway, hi. How you doing? Good? All right. Okay, so today, we've got quite a few games to talk about, including Payday 3, Everhood Eternity Edition, Rise of the Triad, Ludacris Edition, After Dream. No addition. Pizza Possum. And then last but not least, Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill slapping beans too. We're going to slap some beans. And we're just going to get right to it because, as always, I don't pay enough attention to news and any news I do see or read or hear about, it does not linger long in my head. So, again, Enchi, you once said, I like hearing you talk about the news. I like hearing your take on the news. That's exactly how you said it, too. And then I said, You, you should leave a comment on what the news you want me to talk about. And then you never, ever once said, Hey, I want to hear you talk about this. So, you get what you get. You get what you ask for. And in this case, you ask for nothing. And so there you go. But let's just get to what I've been playing. Starting with Payday 3. This is a weird one in that I am not super versed in the Payday universe. I played a smidge of Payday 2 here and there. I played it in spurts. I tried it when it first came out. Then a little bit in the middle of its life and nearest the end and thought it was fine but why this is a bit of a weird case is that I can't comment on the ways in which it is different and I feel like that is important because as someone coming into Payday 3 without that experience I struggle to see what is changed what has changed what makes payday 3 a worthwhile successor why you would start playing payday 3 over payday 2 from what i remember payday 2 was way more complex in its structure had a way uh, a lot more stuff going on in it whereas payday 3 is just here are i think eight heists they're all unlocked from the beginning, which is nice. And what you unlock by playing them is there are cutscenes that tell the story that you should care about for reasons unknown. And all you're doing in the game is going on these heists, earning money, which you then use to buy better equipment, new masks, new outfits. And that's seemingly it. Of course, if you've been paying attention at all, you've heard about the issues plaguing Payday 3. There is no offline play. And so while you can play single player, if you can't reach the server, you can't play single player with bots. And the way single player works is that, currently, at least in its form, you either set up a private or invite only match or friends only match it'll try to find quote-unquote find players for a minute or two and when it does not find anyone in the matchmaking progress uh, process you will then be thrown into your personal lobby where you can then say you're ready and it'll initiate the match with three ai partners And then you go about completing the heist. I did run into server issues here and there where it couldn't find anything and then threw me back to the main menu. So there's still issues there. And then when I did get into a match, the AI is incredibly stupid in certain ways that are frustrating. For instance, when you are... Actually robbing wherever you are. So if you make your way to the vault of a bank and there is stuff to do, your AI doesn't do anything. They won't even collect money and put it into a bag and hold it for themselves. You have to collect the money and then throw it at your teammates so that they'll hold on to it. But even doing that, you have to be right up on them or else... You could throw it and miss them by a few inches, and you have to go pick it up and then throw it on them. And then, when you finish, or, or when you're about to pull your escape, and your band comes to get you, and you have to throw all the money in the back, your AI teammates will not throw the money in the back. You have to take the money from them and throw it in yourself because they're too fucking lazy to do it. So, the AI. Your teammate AI needs a lot of work to be in any way capable of doing anything other than killing cops. They're good at killing cops. I'll give them that. And if you go down, they're good at reviving you. But anything outside of killing cops, they're pretty much useless. Then the actual heisting is okay, but I think... Where it probably excels is in cooperative play with real people, where you can plan things out and try and min-max every heist in the game so that you are working it like a very efficient machine, knowing exactly what you need to do and where you need to go at what points. I don't know how much variability there is in replaying a heist, I haven't been able to play that much of it and the server issues and all that jazz but one of the things I didn't like about the heisting is that during the first heist I was using some kind of incendiary to open up a hole above the vault so that I could fall into it and what I didn't like about that was when I set the whole thing up there was no time limit so I just had to wait for it to finish out and I got some extra equipment that I could make it go a little bit faster but it didn't in any way indicate how long it would be how much longer I'd have to wait and that was a little frustrating because it took a very long time I could be wrong but I feel like even if it took the same amount of time, but I had some kind of countdown timer on screen that was letting me know exactly how much time was left that it would feel less long and tedious. I was a little annoyed by that. And then there are certain, uh, certain systems in play that they don't really explain in the tutorial the tutorial they have is very very basic and it's basically just here's how you shoot cops here's how you heal, here's how you collect ammo hey, when there are shielded ones, throw a grenade at them the game really wants you to kill cops Yeah, like but there is a hostage system where if you raise alarms and then the cops start coming you can keep the cops from entering by releasing a hostage It tells you this on screen and I did not know how to do that I tried to do it once by grabbing one of the civilians as a human shield and I was going to just walk them out to the front and throw them out there But as soon as I went outside to where all the cops were, there was no prompt, release the hostage, release the civilian to get yourself some more time. They just started shooting at me. And that means they were shooting at the civilian I was holding to. They didn't care. I didn't even start firing at them. I just walked out there with a civilian. I was like, hey, you want this hostage? But you just want to shoot me and you want to shoot the hostage? Okay. All right. So that wasn't super fun but the game itself seems very very bare bones in that there are just the heists and there's no extra things going on in the structure of the game outside of unlocking better equipment and outfits and masks again and I think it really does come down to finding a core group of people to play with not playing with randoms because that's not great either randoms aren't super great at working together but finding a core group of people that you can really figure out the intricities of each of the heists and exactly what you should do, when you should do it where you should do it and so on and so forth like I said, that's probably the best because for me as a predominantly solo player this is going to sound crazy, probably, but I, and I played it this year, because it it is a 2023 game, personally, despite its issues, I enjoyed Prime Boss, and I said that weird, Crime Boss, Rock A. City more, because it is way more built for solo play. I would even say that it's a better single player game than cooperative game. And I really like a lot of what that game was trying to do. It had a lot of systems going on and it kind of wore itself thin. They, They put their hands in too many baskets and it was clear that they weren't able to handle it all. And the story and celebrity aspect of it was there just to try and make up for the deficiencies elsewhere. Despite its jankiness, its rough around the edges and all of that, I had a better-than-expected time with Crime Boss. And I do want to go back to it for its at the backlog at some point and really give it a thorough playthrough. I know it just got some DLC, which has been making me want to go back to it as well. But for me, at least, I like... The structure of that game more, and that there is more going on. You have this kind of risk system where you are taking over territories, you are attacking territories, defending your own. You have a black market system, so when you collect loot from a mission, you're working that to sell things high when they're, they're at their peak value, and saving things until the market adjusts so that they're worth something. There are upgrades. There's a recruit system. The AI is not great either, but they have their ups and downs. They have their strengths and weaknesses each one. It feels like they have more character as well. And then from a visual standpoint, I think they're just both losers on that front and that they both don't look great. Payday 3 looks very bad. I'm playing on the Xbox Series X, but it looks like an Xbox 360 game that has been enhanced for the Xbox One X at its best, I would say. So it's not a looker, and I believe it is Series exclusive. It is not an Xbox One game, so I don't know why. What there's there's nothing about the game, the characters. The character models are all fairly low in detail. Environments are low in detail. There isn't a complicated lighting system going on. No fancy ray tracing. So there's no aspect of the visuals that I look at and, and think to myself, "You're really pushing the power of these of the current hardware." So I don't understand why it's limiting itself to current gen platforms. It's not taking advantage of them. And Server issues are a problem as well. And then. I, I, I Even. With the addition of offline play. With, which Starbreeze is looking into. Even when. Slash if that is added. I would not recommend. Heyday to anyone. Other than. A group of cooperative players. If you are. Only able to play with. Randoms. Or with the AI it's not an enjoyable time it's not worth trying to get in the weeds of the game I would more so recommend Crime Boss honestly you may have heard a lot of jokey jokes about it but I would say it's not that bad the acting is bad yeah but whatever as a game I enjoyed it enough, and there's a there's more variety in the types of missions. They're a lot shorter too. Does that mean they're all better? No. If you want the heist, if you want that heist in nature, then Crime Boss isn't for you. But again, even if you want that heist stuff, if you don't have a core group to play with, I don't think you're going to enjoy it. That's payday three so far. We'll see as server stuff and online stuff is adjusted. How things are then. I'll come back to it. But next up is Everhood Eternity Edition. This is a super, super fascinating game. And I love so, so, so much about it that it hurts. That there's a part of it that doesn't quite click with me. And somewhat hurts the experience because if not for that, this would probably be my favorite game of the year. Even though it is an older PC game that is just making its way to consoles now, I believe that is the case. But it is this super weird, unique, psychedelic, surreal experience that is incredibly visually stimulating. It may be the most visually stimulating game I've ever played. It has some incredible moments. And I I just love all of that about it. This is a game example entry where it's all visual for me. The gameplay, the story, Now I don't give a shit. But the visuals and what they do in this game, ho oh, oh. ho. I would be very curious to see what you think of this game. But the story is you're a wooden boy. You're not Pinocchio, but you're a wooden boy. You wake up in pieces and you put yourself back together, but one of your arms is missing because this little gnome who is reminiscent of the little guys in Golden Axe who come around and you eat the shit out of them so that they'll drop potions and, and shit takes your arm, and he takes it to his big bad boss. You follow them, and on your journey, you come across a bunch of kooky characters, and every now and again, you'll play a little rhythm game, which is the main gameplay of Everhood. And this is where things become a bit of a problem. The rhythm sections, the rhythm game, the way it works is like a more traditional rhythm game where you have your columns for notes, essentially. But instead of notes falling and you having to press the correlating buttons when the note falls into a designated area across a designated line or something along those lines, you are facing off against some kind of enemy and they are basically attacking you with what are kind of like open close parentheses based on your perspective they'd be like little slight smiles curved lines not straight lines and Because of their curved nature and that they have a bit of a light trail shadow behind them, it's hard to judge when you are meant to avoid them. Because the way it works is that instead of hitting these notes as they fall into place, you are trying to avoid these attacks. And you do this by either dodging them by moving to the left or right of the attacks as they're falling down at you or by jumping over them. You don't jump particularly high. So the window of avoidance is very low. There are five or six difficulty levels, which I think only change how many hits you can take before dying and how fast your health replenishes. Because the way it works is that when you take damage, you lose a bit of health but you will regain that health if you avoid damage long enough it'll it'll refill your health bar. But it just never felt right timing-wise. And it's unfortunate because the rhythm sections are where all of the psychedelic surreal stuff comes into play. You get a bit of that as well in the world and just traversing it, which that bit... It's just a lot of walking around, often on very linear paths, even when it's not linear. There's not a lot of open space to explore. You're, you're not meant to explore, but just go on this journey for whatever reason. The story, again, didn't really make much of an impact. I, found, I eventually caught up to the gnome and the big bad guy, and then he beat me down. And then I ended up in this fiery pit, but I survived it. And the gnome got his legs taken away from him. I can't remember if the big bad took it or someone else took it because he was being a little shit and probably stealing from them as well. And they're like, hey, you want to get to this person? I can help you. You want to take me? And it didn't seem like I had to take him, but I took him. So they were with me. Didn't seem to do anything. But I... After failing a lot of the first, the tutorial rhythm section, even, I dropped the difficulty down a story where it's very forgiving because I just wanted to see more of this game. But in doing that, all the challenge was removed, and it it did take a bit away from the gameplay. But at the same time, like I said, entry I didn't care because the visuals are so strong and it really it's cool and interesting during the first few fights and all that and I'll say that stuff, in addition to just exploring these areas following these paths there are times where you might have to listen to auditory clues to reveal a path in a completely black screen that's kind of neat But you're really just walking around these environments. Talking to characters every now and again. And then initiating fights. But. When it really 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 started to click. Was in this fight I had against a bunch of. Essentially little garden gnomes. A group of garden gnomes. The way that fight plays out. That rhythm section. It. It does so much, and I don't even want to give any of it away. I don't want to spoil it other than to say that particular fight against those garden gnomes, what happened is some of the most visually, if not the most visually stimulating things I've ever experienced in a game. Definitely some of the most unique stuff. It's, it's my favorite moment of any game I've played this year. I didn't want it to end. And on top of the visuals being great, the music is great too. It's unique. It has character. It has its own identity. It's not just boilerplate, standard ass. Here's some chiptune type of stuff. And the visuals are... The visuals are pixely goodness. They... I just wish the actual gameplay was better I wish it clicked with me and it's probably just a very me thing the whole timing issue but man those visuals those rhythm sections they are wild and fascinating and so creative so inventive can't stress enough how visually compelling this game is and despite my issues with the gameplay I can't recommend this game highly enough on the strength of the visual the visuals and the audio together it's like they're together. I can't stay alone. Love, love the music I've heard up to this point, and absolutely love the visuals. That is again Everhood. Check it out, but maybe wait on sale if my issues with the the rhythm stuff sounds concerning to you. But give it a go. Next up is Rise of Triad, Ludicrous Edition. This is another game from Night Dive Studios, I believe. A remaster of a classic first-person shooter. I never play this one, which is about... Not about, but uh, I'd say 50% of the time, these are games I haven't played. That night, Night Dive remasters. But usually, the games... Have some redeeming quality. Or still hold up. Have really interesting level design. Really solid gunplay. Enemy encounters something. Rise of Triad. What I played of it. Rise of the Triad. It is the most bland and boring old shooter. Of them all. The enemies are just... Basic-ass humans. That do one kind of interesting thing in that they sometimes play dead. And then will pop up and start shooting at you. Or they'll beg for their life. And then maybe play dead or start attacking you. That's kind of neat, I guess. But the worlds themselves are pretty boring from a visual standpoint and then design wise it's just a lot of either large open spaces or hallways it's a much more linear game than most shooters from that era and then the weapons it's it feels surprisingly easy in comparison to other games of this nature and it just it, it's its something that I look at and I think I'm glad they remastered it I'm glad there's a way to play this now on modern platforms because I like it for preservation's sake but as far as games of this nature go is the one I've enjoyed the least that I am the least compelled to keep playing so uh, unless you've played all other games and, and all games of this nature you've you've played the remastered Turok's and what was that one that had the Egyptian type setting But I I, I, w- I would unless you're really really into these classic 1st prison shooters. I would play one of the other ones instead, even just replaying them. Just replay Doom again. Go go! They just did the whole remaster or whatever. Quake, play that. Play Shadow Man. Play anything other than this because there's there's nothing seemingly about this that stands out as being something worthwhile you could you could look at a lot of other games and find things that may have been the inspiration for some modern games there's nothing here there's nothing here that I see and I think oh yeah I could this this modern game they took that from this nobody nobody is inspired by it. Rise of the Triad outside of the only thing that is seemingly unique about it that I don't think is in any other game from that era that's similar is that you have four I believe four or five characters to choose from when going on a mission and they have their very very simple strengths and weaknesses of either having a larger health bar moving faster or having better accuracy and that's it but that's that's something i guess and then the way the difficulty works is that the lower the difficulty the fewer levels you have to play through so i believe the easiest difficulty is two areas of 11 levels Then medium is four areas of 31 levels and then the Hard is four areas, forty levels, and then I believe there might be an Uber level, Uber difficulty with a few more areas and/or levels. But it just didn't really do all that much for me, sadly. And the ease of it all, the very uncreative level design—it again. Nothing about it that was super compelling. Disappointing. Then After Dream is a 2D pixel art adventure horror themed game. The horror stuff is very, very light. It's a moody, atmospheric game with a horror of horror a horror-ish feel to it, but it is in no way scary. It tries to throw in a few jump scares and more so is trying to scare you with audio views than anything tangible. And even the characters in the game make it sound like anyone and everything you'll run into nothing can harm you and nothing wants to harm you. So unless it's lying about that, there's nothing to be concerned about from a, my life will ever be in danger aspect. And I made my way based on the achievements halfway through the game. Didn't take long. It seems like it's probably maybe a two hour game, three hours if you struggle with some puzzles or take your time. The way it works is, and it's very reminiscent if you've played games like Home or. I wouldn't say the coma games exactly kind of similar from a visual standpoint, but a- any of those two D horror type games. Oh, uh, the, the main ones I think of are Home, and then there was another one that I think might be from the same developer, but I can't remember the name of it. the The structure of the game, not the, even the structure, the story of the game is. You are talking to this therapist or psychologist, not exact, exactly sure about your dreams, and you're having these dreams that feel very real. The after dream title comes from the fact that you are going to this world that is a, in between the afterlife and the real world, and that's why it's called the after dream. It's where... Some spirits end up when they still have some unfinished business, kind of, in the sense that they have someone in the real world that they feel they they still need to be there for. And in your case, your father died, and you were estranged, I guess, and you didn't really talk to them before they passed. You didn't tell them you loved them. You feel a little bit guilty about it. And so the game is seemingly about you reconciling with that and getting to say your goodbyes I'm presuming by the, the, the end of the game the way it's structured is in a very classic adventurer type of setup where you are going from room to room to room interacting with objects finding key items that you will use to solve various puzzles solving puzzles to unlock new areas interacting with characters from time to time you'll have to complete objectives for and the one unique gameplay element to it all is that you have a camera which you can flash from the hip that'll illuminate areas that gameplay element seems very very worthless. It doesn't seem like that really comes into play. It hasn't come into play for me outside of the f- time they introduced it. But the other main mechanic of the camera is that you can use it to find key items, to 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 make key items show up in the after dream world or remove stuff. So if you take a picture, and it's it's always a case of and when you are going into camera mode, you just are looking at your area. So you're, you're, it's from your perspective as the player, not the character's perspective. And then you just scroll around the environment, and stuff will illuminate pretty much in, and become a complete white silhouette, indicating you can take a picture of it. And then if it's a door way that doesn't have a door in it no door knob, no way to, of getting through the door if it illuminates into a white silhouette it'll form a door there in the afternoon world so that you can get through it if for instance in the very beginning section there were ghosts that were trying to get you which that they seemingly would have killed you if they got through you could use your camera to put up A few boards. uh, A few. Yeah boards. Across the doorway. To uh, keep the ghosts. The enemies whatever they were. From getting in. But then there are. There are parts where. You. Can. Make key items show up. You'll. Find a pathway that is blocked. Take a picture. It removes the blockage and so on and so forth. And it's okay. The writing's not particularly great, the story isn't that well told. It's fine. And that's pretty much true for the game as a whole. It's fine. It's fine. It's not scary. It's not emotionally involving, and I think that's probably what it's trying to do most of all is be this this emotional experience. To make some kind of impact there. And it's not working so much for me. Maybe it'll hit. As it continues going on. But halfway through. Eh, it's fine. If you like games like this. 2D atmospheric adventure games. With some light puzzles. And, 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 and very light. It's very adventure game. Meaning that you're just going around. Interacting with everything you can interact with. And then using... Any item you found to interact with stuff in the in other areas and so on and so forth. So there might be a puzzle where there's a locked wardrobe. And in another area, you use your camera to find the combination on an item. Take a picture. There you go. You have the combination. Go back to the other room. Use it. Unlock it. Okay. It's it's all stuff that is of that relative complication. So again, it's fine. What's not fine is Pizza Possum because this game would not work on the Xbox. I don't know if it will be solved at some point because I think it might be launching today officially. But every time I've tried to play it so far, it says press... I think it says press... I think it says press enter, but with a P in front of it. So it might say press penter to start, but there is no enter or penter button on an Xbox controller. And you'd think, well, they just mean press any of the buttons on the controller. I pressed literally every button. Nothing would get me past that screen. So I couldn't actually play the game on Xbox. And I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure if it's a cross-platform Windows and Xbox game. I don't know if I hooked up a keyboard to my Xbox and pressed enter slash penter. It would have worked. I don't know if the game supports mouse and keyboard on console. So all I can say right now is that for me at least it is broken it was broken so don't don't mess with pizza possum just yet we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll come back to it. and then bud and spencer terrence hill slapping beans Two, is a beat-em-up with some light puzzle solving And cooperative play where if you are playing by yourself, you switch between the two characters to solve certain puzzles. Like moving platform things where the smaller dude who is, I think Terrence is the the thin guy, but he's more agile so he can climb up things and reach heights that Bud can't. But but is stronger, he can break things that might be in the way, and you will go back and forth at times when not beating the crap out of enemies to progress. That's a bit tedious when playing by yourself. and It doesn't always work super well. There are mini-games in between areas that are seemingly broken, at least on Xbox. So I, I came, I ran into a few bugs. I ran into a bug where I had to restart an area because both the characters tried getting through a door at the same time, and they just ended up in this endless loop, and the game just got stuck there. The boat minigame in between areas where I had to balance this boat that had a bunch of bananas on it, and I had to... Fix things as they broke with certain characters or balance it so that sharks or no gators wouldn't break it up or shoo seagulls away, pelicans or something. That was broken in that on the screen prior to it starting, it said press the left analog stick to control player one and the right analog stick to control player two. But then when it started, it said. I think, what was it? A to control. I think it said press A to control player one and use the left arrow to control player two or something. And the way it ended up working is that the left analog stick controlled player one and then the right analog stick controlled player one and two. And that became a bit of a problem. And I had to redo that section more times than I ever should have. And it was annoying. But the game itself excluding bugs which are not running into three different bugs that area breaking bug that i had to reset this mini game control bug the game crashed to dashboard every time i started a new game if i didn't skip ahead in the opening cutscene at least a little bit another not great thing so it's got quite a few bugs and I've not even there there are plenty of areas I haven't even played yet which could have their own unique bugs and so it's already probably evident that I would not recommend this game but excluding all that the main gameplay which is the beat em up action it's not good, it's not fun it seems like You're missing half your animations, half your frames. Everything feels less fluid than in other beat-em-ups. And it doesn't feel that good. The sound effects are annoying. It has a very Three Stooges slapsticky nature to it, which I think is in line with the Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill theme, vibe. I've not... I tried watching, I think it wasn't a, a, a real Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill thing, but something they were like a crossover type of movie. But they did spaghetti western type things back, back, back in the day, I believe, that were more comedic in nature. But I, I, I don't know, I, I don't think they made a huge splash domestically. And given the slapsticky nature, you're getting a lot of woo woo, 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 a lot of things that remind me of the Three Stooges and hearing a lot of onks and silly sound effects repeated way too often. It gets super annoying having to listen to it. And the comment just isn't particularly satisfying. It's also, regardless of the difficulty plan, surprisingly easy. And there, there are other parts about it that aren't bug related, like the fact that when you pick up objects to use as weapons, it seemed like half the time they would just do the regular attacking animation while holding a stick. So they might grab a stick and instead of swinging it, like you would assume, they're just punching while holding the stick. That kind of takes you out of it. But yeah, it's not super great. It's got its fair share of bugs and stuff that has me concerned about, that would have me concerned about continuing to play where something could happen and. Later on in the the game in a later level it might crash a dashboard. Who knows? Maybe there'll be other instances where they try to get through a doorway and get stuck and you have to redo an area. Thank God there at least is some kind of checkpointing so that when you say restart in the menu, in the pause menu, it doesn't make you restart the entire level because these levels can be long. They'll be broken up into sections but the overall level length can be on the long enough side that I would not want to redo them if some kind of issue happened. But regardless of all that, again, the gameplay itself, even if there were no issues, it just isn't a particularly fun beat-em-up, and the puzzles aren't super interesting. I do think it would be a... more enjoyable, but not even with that, not an enjoyable experience regardless. I think if you were able to play with someone, it would be better than going back and forth and playing it all by yourself. But even so, it just isn't a particularly good beat-em-up. And I think there was maybe a time and place where just being a beat-em-up would be enough for fans of beat-em-up games, but the last few years or so, we've gotten a lot of great Options out there. From Streets of Rage 4. To. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What is the. What the hell is the. Freaking subtitle to that game. Not out of the shells. The. the Recent Ninja Turtle game. And of course. Bringing back stuff. Like the TMNT Cowbonga Collection. And we had River City Girls. Which I'm not super fond of. But people like that and I would say uh, regardless it's it's better than this there's Scott Pilgrim which got us re-released a few years ago there's there are plenty of beat'em up options out there even some of the Cubite classic re-releases of older games are more interesting often so, unless you are a huge fan of the source material, if you're a huge Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill fan, because there's voice acting in it, and there's story and comedy that maybe somebody will find funny there, and maybe it's for those who are big fans of them. Outside of that, though, there's no reason to play this over other similar games. That that's it. So that will do it for this year episode of the pixelated sausage show. Of course, again, I am your host, Marcus. Ness. you all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX sausage. And if you enjoyed this year's show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash PXS, which depending on the tier you are supporting at, Gets you access to a fun Q&A every week, which is probably the closest you'll ever get to the streaming vibes that you may or may not miss if you are someone who joined in on a a stream every now and again. And if you don't believe me, ask some of the people who are patrons. They'll be like, yeah, those those Q&A's, they're okay. That is, again, patreon.com slash pxs. And if you'd like links to the Patreon, as well as the site, the YouTube, the Discord, and more, you can find all of them over at pxsausage.com. That is pxsausage.com. That is it. That is all. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a wonderful weekend. But for now, adios uh, rivadershi. Bye.